How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Recently, Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor was um, talking and addressing the University of California Berkeley School of Law students. And she made the comment that uh, I live in frustration, and as you heard, every loss truly traumatizes me in my stomach and in my heart. But I have to get up the next morning and keep on fighting. And she was referring to the manner in which the conservative court now, uh, the court uh, is uh, the majority conservative, and is viewing these as wins and losses. And here to talk about it is Hans von Spakovsky, Senior Legal Fellow at the Heritage Foundation. Hans, welcome to the to the show. Well, Newell, it's uh, great to talk to you again, but, and a Happy New Year. Yeah, same to you. Um, Hans, I don't know, as a lawyer, when I read this, and she went on to say that uh, she she sends notes to some of her other justices. She says, I can't tell you how often I'll look at Neil Gorsuch and I'll send him a note and say, I want to kill that lawyer uh, because he's addressing the court in a fashion of his client as opposed to pitching how this is going to impact or affect the development of law and how you actually pitch it as a lawyer. I, I found this really offensive uh, that, that, uh, and I've never heard uh, Supreme Court justices characterize these cases and opinions as wins and losses. Well, I will tell you that when she said that about Gorsuch, she must have been looking in the mirror. And the reason I say that is that, um, Lua, look, the Supreme Court is about two blocks from uh, where I work. And I'm a member of the Supreme Court Bar. So I've been over there on numerous occasions to listen to oral arguments. And I will tell you that uh, until um, Brown Jackson joined the court, Sonia Sotomayor was the most political uh, justice on the court. And when she would ask questions during oral arguments, she didn't ask questions like a justice. She regularly asked questions as if she is the lawyer for the liberal group before the court. So if there's anyone that acts as an advocate for one of the parties, it's her. 
And and anybody who doubts that, all you got to do is look at the transcripts of the uh, oral arguments in the kind of cases that the left is really interested in. I mean, the other thing about this that I would tell you is she's traumatized. Well, what she's traumatized by are the conservatives actually applying the Constitution as as it's written. I mean, that's, that's what traumatizes her. And if she is traumatized by actually applying the Constitution, then maybe she should resign from the court. Yeah, I mean, because, correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, the court's not there to decide political questions, right? There have to be some uh, judiciable basis to to the case, Um, and political questions don't have that, right? Well, that is correct, but it's politics that drives her. It's politics that drives uh, the newest member of the court. And unfortunately, I mean, Justice Kagan isn't as bad, but politics clearly often drives her, too. And look, I'll give you a very specific example of this. If you look at the very long opinion that the Supreme Court released on the Harvard-UNC cases, remember, this is the case in Mm -hmm. which uh, both Harvard and University of North Carolina were sued because they were racially discriminating in their college admissions. And the court, in a terrific opinion, the majority said, look, you can't, you can't discriminate on the basis of race. The Equal Protection Clause, which says, that's in the 14th Amendment, says people have to be treated equally under the laws. You, you can't do that. If you look at her dis, her very emotional dissent that Sotomayor wrote, she spends the entire tr- time trying to say why the 14th Amendment, which says you have to be treated equally under the law, doesn't actually mean you have to be treated equally under the law. The, the illogic and the politics driving her decision-making is very evident in that dissent. It, she uh, also mentions that um, she talks about that there's going to be some cases coming before the Supreme Court in, in addressing Berkeley um, where uh, there's going to be opinions that are going to be rendered on curtail- curtailing federal agencies' regulatory authority. I guess, right. is she talking about non-delegation cases? there where you're you're ceding too much lawmaking authority to the executive branch yeah she's talking about the chevron deference and as you know they they just uh the last two weeks had those cases there and this is all based on this really terrible supreme court decision uh several decades ago in which they said uh we the courts will defer to the interpretation of a federal law that some agency puts in. So even if the agency is going far beyond what the law actually allows them to do, why we, the courts, we're not going to do anything about it. That's clearly wrong. It's, it's the federal courts that have the primary responsibility for interpreting the laws passed by Congress and not a bunch of faceless, unelected bureaucrats in the federal government. And I, I guess that's going to traumatize her as well. When, when I, I, I mean, you've been around that court a long time. I mean, you, you've done a lot of election law work. 
um, and that, that's been before that court and other courts as well. Have you ever heard a, a justice talk in the context of wins and losses? Uh, no. But again, that is very revealing of her character and the way she sees the cases. Her, her chief concern is never... Well, what does the law actually say? What does the Constitution actually say? Her chief concern is, well, who's before the court? Is it the, is it the ACLU? Is it the National Organization for Women? Because if it's them, if it's a liberal advocacy group like that that she supports, she's going to do everything she can to twist and bend whatever law is at issue to make sure they win. She says that um, in that comment about, I can't tell you how often I look at Neil Gorsuch and I'll send him a note and say, I want to kill that lawyer, which it's fine that maybe she communicates with Justice Gorsuch that way. But why would you go and tell the world that you you say this? Um, You know, everybody wants to talk about respect for the court and reverence for (laughs) this occupation. Um, It's kind of beyond me. She says that that lawyers need to really forget about their client when they're before the Supreme Court. And it's it's not about the client's case. It's about how that legal issue will affect the development of law and how you pitch it. And if you pitch it too broadly, you're going to kill the claim of a whole swath of people. Well, the client's paying for this lawyer. Right. Why 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 would the lawyer have to forget about his client? I mean, I- I mean, that, that, that goes against, as you well know, the professional code of conduct of every exactly. single state. A, a lawyer is tasked with vigorously pushing forward the valid legal arguments that will allow his client to win. And that also means that you have to do that even if you don't like your client. Even if you think, boy, it would probably be a good thing for my client to lose, uh, you can't allow that to affect your advocacy. If, if we started doing that, if we started allowing that to happen the way Sotomayor wants it to, that would mean uh, that would be a, a bullet into the entire uh, adversarial system we have because it would mean the clients couldn't rely on their lawyers to vigorously pursue their case. Well, when she talks about that, the legal issue, you, you, it has to be more about the legal issue and how it will affect the development of law. It, it's almost as if she's an advocate for other people and, 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 and taking on an advocacy role for other people as opposed to determine whether or not this runs violative of the Constitution or not. I mean, how many people are impacted by it if it violates the Constitution? It's almost as if they, she gives preference to that consideration over the Constitution and the written word itself. Oh, no, I think she absolutely does do that. Um, and, look, her view is the exact opposite of you – know, I'm sure you remember this. Remember Justice Scalia once said – um, look, a law that is passed by Congress may be really stupid, <laughs> but as long as it's constitutional, it's not our business, the court's business, to throw it out. And he is absolutely right about that. But that is not the way 
Sotomayor approaches these cases, as I've said. I mean, look, it's not just based on what she said at Berkeley, but based on what I've seen at the court and and what you see in her opinions that, again, she doesn't care what the law actually says. She doesn't care what the Constitution actually says. She acts as if she's a super legislator up there, um, and her concern is, well, who who does this law affect? How does it affect them? And that's going to shape my thinking, not whether or not uh, the law, for example, is is constitutional or not. Yeah. I love when she says, I have to get up the next morning and keep on fighting. Who, who's she fighting? <laughs> well, I, I tell you, the best thing that could happen for her is to resign her post and, and go head up uh, the ACLU or, like I said, the National Organization for Women or, or one of the other many organizations whose advocate she believes she is on the Supreme Court. And that, and that, of course, is the point of what I'm telling you. She acts, when those groups come before her, she acts not as a justice who is supposed to you know, fairly and objectively decide on their claim. She acts as if she's actually their lawyer. Yeah, I, I, I've not. I've only seen one case up at the Supreme Court uh, one one day. It was really kind of a nondescript uh, case. It wasn't, you know, uh, obviously a high profile case by any stretch of the imagination. So I've never really seen that that interaction. But when I read these words, it just struck me, and, and it was kind of like, what what are we talking? You know, when you talk about judicial activism. It, it it was like this is the hallmark of it uh, when she starts talking yeah. about how this this personally traumatizes herself if if the majority of the court feels like that something is run violative of the Constitution or not and and that we're you know um, we're worrying about waking up the next morning and keep on fighting <laughs> okay I mean I, it's kind of interesting and you know especially when you when you think about the the, the violent nature of what's going on in courts right now across the country, right? I mean, right. Uh, little or no little or no respects. I mean, there's hardly a day go by you don't see a news story where there's not, you know, respect at all um, for the quorum or the court or, or anything else. And then to hear a U.S. Supreme Court justice talk in these terms, um, it, 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 it's just kind of mind-boggling, mystifies me as to how we got to where we are now that may have always been the case but nobody talked about it publicly and went out there and said you know i'm traumatized by by all of this well no but but again her, her attitude uh i mean just to give you another example because this is the attitude she has um again in that harvard case she said she has such a negative view of the united states um she basically said that we are not, we've not ever been, we are not currently, and can never be a colorblind society. I mean, here for 50 years, right, um, we have done this fabulous job in this country, you know, with the passage of the Civil Rights Act, the Voting Rights Act, and other, other laws to do our best to actually uh, meet those objectives. 
And frankly, there's less racial discrimination going on today in the United States than at any time in our entire history. And yet Sotomayor has such a cynical view of it that she, in essence, is saying that uh, racial discrimination, yeah, yeah, it, it can continue as long as the right group is being benefited and the wrong group is being hurt by it. Because that's what she, she said in the Harvard-UNC case. It, you know, it's going to be interesting over the next couple of years as to how this is, is going to play out, because there are a, a series of cases lining up, as you well know, uh, that are headed to the Supreme Court. And, and obviously, the trauma is going to keep on coming her way before this right. is all said and done. <laughs> Boy, that's that's for sure. And, and listen, I'll tell you, uh, it, she's going to be undergoing an interesting test um, next week. Because yeah. remember, next week on Thursday, they're going to hear oral arguments in the case involving the attempts across the country to remove Donald Trump from the ballot. And that is that should be an easy case for the court to decide nine to zero, it, it, regardless of what you think of Donald Trump, a state official, state courts, they don't have the power to remove a, pre- a qualified presidential candidate from the ballot. If she votes that it was okay for the Colorado State Supreme Court to do that, uh, again, that will be another sign of how she's driven by politics and not the clear language of the Constitution. Well, I mean, when you talk about this development of law consideration that, that she articulated, um, if that's what she truly believes and she's ready to set this constitutional republic on its tail I mean, because the whole thing is spins out of control in a case like that no that is that is absolutely right well like i said we'll we'll see what she she does with it it's certainly going to be interesting hearing the questions that she asked in that case by the way that's one case where I would love to go over there and show up in person, but I'll tell you, that's going to be the hottest ticket in Washington, yeah. heading into the courtroom <laughs> for that case. And I, I don't think I'm willing to line up the night before just, just to wait all night for a, a ticket to get in. And, 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 but that's your, that's your expertise is in election law, right? I mean, that's where you, you yeah. served in the DOJ. You dealt with those issues. Uh, you dealt with the civil rights uh, side of that, making sure that everybody had the right uh, to vote and, and all of that. So I'm, I'm sure it, it's got your curiosity peaked in a big way well, as to where does. this is gonna, ultimately going to end up, right? Yeah, it is. I think I, I will be – these days, I don't know if folks realize this, you can actually um, – you know, you can listen to the audio. They do an audio tape, which you can then listen to on the um, the uh, Supreme Court website, and they produce a transcript. So if I can't get in, which I don't think I will, I will be closely listening to the audio to see what, what happens. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for spending this time with us. Hans von Spakovsky, Senior Legal Fellow at the Heritage. Have a great weekend. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Alrighty, folks, we'll be right back. 504-260-1870 on the Open Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. It's No Filter Friday. We'll go to the talk lines when we come back. We want to hear from you. Stay with us. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. 
Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.